Welcome to the Soul Meet Strategy Podcast. This is for the new earth feminine leader who is ready for exponential growth by going deeper into her magic. The woman who's here to expand her wealth, become fully self-expressed and make waves through her business. Hi, I'm your host, Jenna Fay, founder of Soul Meet Strategy. I've grown my multi six-figure business by mentoring badass women like you to unleash your embodied feminine leadership, use aligned strategy to scale, become masterful facilitators and experience quantum manifestation. If you're a full body yes to experiencing more wealth, pleasure and nourishment in your life and business, then you are in the right place. Come and connect with me on Instagram at soulmeetstrategy. Get on my email list at soulmeetstrategy.com and come hang out with me in my community of fellow new earth feminine leaders on Facebook. Now let's kick this off and get this party started. I'm so excited for you to hear today's episode. I have an incredibly special guest that you're going to get to hear from. Her name is Ayo Goddess Padiva, and she is an award-winning expert in feminine leadership, self-mastery, and conscious wealth creation. In the past 13 years, she has helped thousands of entrepreneurs on six different continents build and scale their dream businesses without sacrificing their mental health and their happiness. And that is exactly what you were in for today. We had a very juicy conversation together on how to have success without losing your sanity. So I am so excited for you to meet her and for us to jump into this episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Soul Meets Strategy podcast. You just heard a little bit about Io, and I'm so excited to have her here with me today and for you to listen to this incredible conversation. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Jenna. I'm super excited for this one. Yes, this is going to be a potent conversation. And I just immediately felt so connected knowing that we're both travelers. And I feel like we have a lot of common values, just at least from what I see on the social media world about getting more money in the hands of women and really redefining success. So we're going to have this incredible conversation and some codes are about to be dropped. And before we get into that, can you just tell us a little bit of your backstory? Tell us a little bit about you, because I know some of our listeners might be new to coming into your world and this might be the first intersection point. So I would love for you to just give us the backstory. Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's truly a pleasure and an honor to share the space and co-create with you and your audience. And I'm sure that we're going to create so much magic today. But I am born and raised in Bulgaria. I left Bulgaria when I was 19 years old and I've traveled literally all over the world. And back then I thought that my life will be all about travel and working for National Geographic, which I did. I was a photographer and a video taker and I was so obsessed with it. And I loved it with all my heart until I didn't. And I felt so guilty for that because everybody was telling me, are you out of your freaking mind? That's like the dream job. And indeed it was. I've actually had it on my vision board ever since I was eight years old. But 
I didn't feel connected to it. And one night I just decided to quit and build my uh, own empire. And ever since then, I've launched multiple businesses. I've scaled three marketing agencies to multiple seven figures. I have a super successful multiple seven figure coaching business. And I've worked with women all over the world. I've had clients on six continents. I am a multidimensional multi-passionate being so I love coaching I love creating I love writing books I love leading women through this transition that you already noticed to rebuild this connection with wealth to create businesses from a space of pleasure and happiness and joy make a lot of money but at the same time feel super nurtured and happy and just enjoy life because life is so short actually it is very short we live on borrowed time and let's just be creating from a deliberate conscious space of joy and happiness and, and feeling good. So this is just a tiny fraction of, of who I am. Beautiful. And yeah, I feel like even with that, there is so much that you're holding, so much that you're creating, which is why I feel like this theme today around how to not lose your sanity feels so present feels so key I would love to know like somewhere along the line do you feel like you lost your sanity or do you feel like you've been building throughout from a place of of like groundedness and alignment that you've been able to like continuously consciously expand like what's been your journey when it comes to mm -hmm. being such a multi-dimensional person well definitely as a super ambitious high achiever and I think women who can relate to that who are very ambitious high driven they have lost their sanity at least three times a day uh, that happens all the time and that happened with me a lot and when I say losing my sanity it was like hyper stress I've never had to be honest with you anxiety or panic attacks or that experience but I think that is due to the fact that I've always been taking care of my physical home, my physical body so much that it kind of like balanced things out. But the moment where I felt extremely disconnected and I felt that this was so close to losing my sanity and not feeling good was when having a multiple seven-figure marketing agency was not making me happy. Mm. I felt extremely disconnected even though we were helping people, we were helping people. So a lot of uh, entrepreneurs say, "I just want to help people," and I always tell them, "You just don't want to help people because if you want to help people, you can be a dentist. It's the same <laughs> thing." And so that was the point where I felt I'm very close to burnout because I was working so much, something that I don't necessarily feel very connected to. And it's funny because I had another conversation today and the lady asked me, so how do you know of all of these things that you do without losing your sanity, without burning out, how do you know what is a yes? Mm -hmm. And I always ask myself the question, is this serving my highest good? And when I asked this question back then, it was a no. And it was such a similar situation that I had when I left Nanjio because everybody thought that I'm totally crazy to do that. We're like, how could you leave something that is profitable and thriving? But I couldn't settle with not being happy. Like I wasn't going to bed looking 
to wake up tomorrow and have the most amazing day in my life, which now is happening and I can feel the difference. So coming from the space of moving very fast, scaling super fast, having a lot of success, but feeling very depleted to moving fast, being successful and being happy. That doesn't mean that I don't work a lot. That doesn't mean that I'm just chilling naked all day long on the beach. Not at all. I read something yesterday and I said, working hard when you love what you're doing, it's not necessarily working to kill yourself, but it's working hard with passion, with zest, with desire. You put in these, you can even put 16 hours, but it doesn't feel like that. You're like, oh my gosh. And I very often feel like that when I sit down and when I write my books or when I have coaching days. And so I think that the element with the sanity part and keeping your sanity is just being very authentic and real. What do I really love doing? And is this serving my greatest good? And then making the decision from that space, it's impossible to make a decision that's going to go against you and against your mental health that's just not going to happen that last line and like everyone who's listening needs to just scroll back listen to that five times over because that was a definite code in there and such an important reminder for each and every one of us and I really want to acknowledge that because from what I've seen from you online and I see such a range in this industry but So many women at this point in the industry, in my experience, demonize working hard and paint this picture that to be in alignment and to have a successful business and all of this, it's all about leverage. It's all about only working an hour a day and blah, 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 which for some people can be their potential highest path. Sure. But I feel like from a generalization, a lot of us, when we're actually truly in alignment and passionate with what we're doing... We actually want to be creating and doing things in our business. And so I really have noticed that. And I've seen a few posts from you over time where you've brought in stories or shares, but where I feel like you're really real about the fact that you actually do sometimes put in long days and you actually work in your business. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts to expand on that and what you've noticed in the industry around that, because I definitely feel like people make that wrong sometimes oh my god and I'm the that same is, as you and, and sometimes that I have is so days. toxic like yeah. that is so toxic it has to be absolutely forgiven it has to be forgiven thank you wow did you see I because I was <laughs> going to say forgotten um but it has to be forgiven forgive these women who speak blasphemy like that I can't believe I even <laughs> use that word but um first of all if you have at least a little bit of sanity and understanding of coaching, therapy, psychology, communications, you will never ever shame people for working, number one. There's a fine difference between working your ass off and Mm self-abuse. And there's a fine line between a person who is building an empire, doing the work, and let's be very honest, if you're in the first five years of your business, guess what? You will work quite a lot like I know billionaires who actually work a lot they still have to work a lot and they can say no thank you and go and live on an island and buy an island actually but they don't do it because they're so aligned with the purpose of what they're doing they actually really enjoy it and there's also some businesses that do need a little bit more attention and more time 
We also have to say that in the first few years of business, especially if you don't have a huge team and if you're not extremely strategic and you do have a pinch of luck, I do believe in luck, by the way. In fact, I love quoting Elon Musk here. He says, if you can have one superpower, it will be to have luck. Mm-hmm. Please give me more. That's why I always tell people I'm lucky. When they say, I don't get offended. People tell me, you're lucky. Have you seen, by the way, people saying, oh, I'm not lucky. I just work hard. And I'm like, okay, you just claimed it. There you go. <laughs> um, but bringing back to working, working hours, I just shared what it was to work something that wasn't really making me feel good and something that I really love doing. Now, I also want to point out that it's so important to step into the feminine and say, I need to go and rest and everybody can fuck off. And if you're masculine, even if you did the work, was strong enough, you will have all the systems. So when you go, the business can continue producing. So the fact that I do work and I put in the work I take off every single December and I make between five and six figures in December and I'm off. I'm not doing anything. And even now I can decide to step away and not do anything besides posts going out consistently, but I don't have to do anything. And I will still have a minimum of, I don't know, 50, 40, 40, 50,000 because of all the things that are just going in the back end. And so when, and it's so, and everybody can do it. It's nothing that it's not because I'm special. Well, I'm very special. You're special. Mm -hmm. I love calling everybody, everybody's special. Um, But everybody can do that. I just don't want people to fall into false marketing. This is absolute um, manipulation marketing. If you just read the books on marketing, you will see manipulation. What's manipulation in the industry? That is pure manipulation. I'm not saying it's impossible to... When I saw somebody saying there was a post, I even blocked this lady. She said, you can work 15 minutes a day and build a six-figure business. And I was like, bitch, where? (laughs) From zero? 15 minutes a day? It takes me more to open my laptop, girl. Like five minutes by the time you put it on, you open. Oh, there we go. Five because I actually track time. I have mm-hmm. to, I had to learn to track time in my business so that I can actually free time. And so, this is a dance it's a dance between putting in the work and not being ashamed. Because a lot of women, by the way, are so ashamed of that because a lot of people speak like that that it's actually counterproductive. It goes against them. When you're ashamed of the work that you do, then just don't do it. But then when you feel the body is tired, when you feel you have to take time off, when you feel like I'm not going to show up for this conversation, you don't do it. That's it. It's so simple. When people say there's no life balance, work balance, work-life balance, sorry, my brain is already at like quite a lot of hours today, as you can (laughs) see me, but... um, There is work-life balance and it happens when you design your life, you reverse engineer it and you first start with prioritizing rest. So I schedule rest and then I schedule everything else. 
I love this. Yeah. And there's two things that popped up here that are more like tactical questions, but I just know women listening to this are thinking, but how? So this is a kind of two-part question, but one, with taking December off, I feel like a lot of women would love to know, are you like, especially in the coaching side of things, because I, I hear from clients all the time, they're like, how can I actually not let my clients down and take this time off? How could I actually structure these things? So do you like let your clients know when you are signed, when they're signing up with you, like, Hey, I take December off. This is like a sabbatical month. It's an integration month for you. Do you have support coaches supporting them, but you're off. So like that's part one. And part two is let's say for December, if you have like 50k of projected revenue coming in is that mostly from within your coaching business is this like expected new sales that are coming from your team running because I feel like women hear these numbers and they're like but how and I mean their how might look totally different than yours but I feel like sometimes if we can just give them a sneak peek at a high level it can show them like just how possible these things actually really are So that is only possible when you have the foundation built. That is not going to be possible for somebody who is not even in the beginning, who's not making consistent 5,000. It's not going to happen. So let's be very honest with that. And I always say that. I I, I always tell people, when you start comparing yourself to somebody, like they started back in 2009, you started a month ago. Mm -hmm. So you, you can't compare this. So let's be very honest. If we're saying uh, 2050 and reoccurring, you first have to nail down the five, the 10. By the way, getting from zero to 10 is probably the hardest because yes. there's so much happening in your brain that's running against you and you're learning so much, especially if you're totally new in business. Like you've never run a business in your life. You've worked nine to five. It's like a <laughs> bajillion things that you have to figure out. So Let's go back to the first question with the coaching. So everybody who is in one-on-one knows that December is, they have access only the first week of December for our conversation. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do. But I also request my clients to take time off in December. This is another thing that I ask them to do. Then... The second thing that we do, they do know that December, we don't work as actively, but I give them extra time. So for example, if they are in a container of six months, they get an extra after the container is over. I have to do that because I don't feel actually in full integrity, right? And let me tell you something, absolutely every single client agrees and feels good and say, yes, indeed. And the truth is most people, They check out in the middle of December, like they're not really active. They go with their families, they do things. But here's the thing, if you're going to, this doesn't mean, and again, I don't know who's listening, so I want to make it very clear. Sometimes people read one thing and then they translate it in a different thing. If you're going to take off in December, then at least know that things are happening in the back end. So you have email sequences running. You have posts scheduled. I mean, hello, we live in 2023. You can get for free email uh, campaigns and you can get for free social media scheduling. Mm -hmm. That's the bare minimum, girl. That's like the bare, bare minimum. So with other containers, they're also scheduled in the same way. There's not my membership. They already know when they signed up, they already know that December is a no, nothing is going on in in December, but they have scheduled emails. So everything that can be scheduled is happening, but 
with the mem- with uh, my mastermind, the same thing. There isn't anything happening in December. And I also want to push my clients to s- start doing this, especially for a business that can do that, right? So if yes. it's an online business, they can do that. I have lots of clients with brick and mortar businesses. That's their busiest time. So they can't do that. It's impossible. It's not going to work. So that is with the one-on-ones and with containers and so on and so on. And there's always the part of, I'm going to give you extra time. This is how I do it. Some people don't do it like that, but I like to feel in integrity because I know if I roll into something and a whole month is missing, I'll be like, eh, I did what? I'm not going to feel good. So I'm doing exactly what will make me feel good. Then in in terms of the other part that you asked me, the second part of the question. So let's go back to school. Number one, it's 2023. It's not the year to discuss if we should post today or not. It's a ridiculous question. It's it's so easy to post every single day. Yes. It's like the easiest thing ever. You can schedule things. In fact. Last year, this year, not so much, but last year I had content prepared for 160 days ahead. It was so good. Tell us about that. Because I hear from clients, they're like, I can't batch. I'm not like that. I'm too in the moment. Like you're super creative and multidimensional too. So what's like, what's the high level of your approach to actually batch things out? Number one, I know what I'm going to sell. So when people tell me, I don't know what I'm going to sell, it's, it's again, are we running a business or a hobby? Mm-hmm. We have to have some structure. Like I always say, have a plan and then be flexible in the plan. That doesn't mean we're just going to box ourselves and we're not going to do anything else. People don't understand that being in chaos is not feminine. That is the wounded feminine. Feminine likes order. She likes things moving in a nice way. She likes clean environment and the candles and you have bajillion, God knows what, crystals and you have this. That's how our brain works. And and yes, we can have creative chaos, but we do love thriving in something that is well organized. When you start batching content, when you start planning ahead, First, anxiety goes away because your brain, like physiologically, when you complete a task, your brain literally dumps it. But if the task is not completed, if the thing is still, oh, I need to do it tomorrow, I need to do it tomorrow, I need to do it tomorrow, your brain is constantly working and that is horrible for your brain Mm -hmm. and for your body and your nervous system. So... The first thing that you have to decide is what am I selling? Let's not go for 160 because that's too much for this is for the pros. Let's go with people who are just starting. What am I selling in the following 90 days? And by the way, we are recording this now. We have 90 days. So when you air that, it will be less than 90 days when we have the new year. All of my clients. In my one-on-one, in my mastermind, know what they're selling by the end of the year, month to month, week by week. They just know. You think people didn't have resistance? They had. 
But when we started playing and doing this, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so much fun. That's so awesome. And when they let go of this, of this confusion of, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing? And running around. Now new ideas come. Now Mm -hmm. comes inspiration from a place of pleasure and groundedness. You can't convince me that when you're in chaos, you give birth to great ideas. That almost never happens. Like, try tying your shoes when you are in stress. Totally. Or putting an eyeliner when you're freaking out. Like, <laughs> I can do this in nine seconds. I'm so good. But when I'm freaking out, it's like, I can't even find my eye. <laughs> so, so we first start with offers. So we have to know what are we promoting? We don't want this content just to go out like that. We want the content to relate to what we're offering. Then the second trick is to go back. Ideally, if you've been consistent, right? If you've been posting, just go back and see what were your top performing posts. Start stacking them on Asana. And then from there, or Trello, whatever you're going to use, but put them somewhere. Like when you, when the create, and I'm like that, I'm sitting and, Boom, there's a there's a post that comes in my head. Oh, and I'm disappearing. My hand is disappearing. <laughs> so I'm sitting, something comes, I download it, I post it on social media. And the second thing I do is I keep a copy on Asana. The reason why I do that is first, Facebook can delete you yesterday. It can disappear. And then can you imagine waking up to all of your beautiful content gone? Totally. That's a life crisis to me. That's like, oh my God, all of this that I've created uh and it's okay I mean we will live through it I've had plenty of clients going going through that but when you have it on Asana you can go back and you can repurpose all of it now we have some posts ahead of time right and then from these posts we can start building different pieces use different elements so what I teach my clients is how to use content that they already have repurpose use sentences use paragraphs specifically posts that they sow are very successful to reuse repurpose with that you will have some posts ahead for sure the more you stay consistent the more that will happen, the more you will be able to create more and 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 again and again and again and again and again. So that's very possible. I don't use artificial intelligence for my posts. If you want to use it, if you feel good about it, then it's fine. But I don't feel good about it. In all honesty, I'm like, yeah, maybe if they create an artificial intelligence that connects to your brain, then <laughs> actually I need that. Like, I really, really want that. That would be such a great idea. But then, you know, humans, they're going to use it against you. <laughs> yeah, but what I love about this is is just owning our own creative potential and expression. And I feel like AI can have its place. It's great for brainstorming. It's great for different purposes. But I do feel, and I see this across the industry generally, that a lot of us who are having success is because it's it's our own words. It's our own vulnerability. It's our own expression. And we're just going to keep and keep and keep as humans craving more human connection and the words and the visions and the words of other women and other leaders who are really sharing from their heart, which Mm -hmm. just can't really be 
fully created by AI. Maybe it shouldn't anyways. So I really, I love that you do create your own content and to illuminate for everyone listening, there's systems here. You're not just totally winging it. You're repurposing things. You're putting them in places so that you're actually prepared so that you can take time off so that you are actually being consistent and people can keep seeing you and your work and your brilliance without feeling like you sit down. And I hear this from clients all the time. They sit down and they're like, so what am I going to say? And it really helps us to be these like creative channeled beings, Mm. but also to not feel like we're totally just winging it at the same time. Mm. There's so much support in terms of content. Like we live in a stage where saying, I don't know what to do for me. It's it's an excuse. Yeah. You first have bajillion programs out there. I have one as well. You have bajillion templates. Everybody has templates. You can find templates everywhere. Yeah. There are so many things you can get as inspiration. Like there's so much out there. It's, I don't see how you can sit and be like, uh, I don't know what to write. If that happens, which is very possible, and I've worked with people like that, then see if you're using the tools that you've provided. And if you don't have the tools, go and find the tools. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't work, then we have another block. Then it's not writing. Then it's something else, which is, like a total, totally different story. And I've worked with so many women that we identify the problem is not writing at all. It's something else. I think that's so true. And it, it is, it's like maybe women, it, it's, it's often like the most indirect things. Like I'll speak to women and they're actually really unhappy in their relationship. And so they're not really feeling creative and they don't really feel like they have the capacity or they don't they haven't put in the structure within their own life and their household with their kids mm-hmm. and things to feel like they have the time and space or they have the worthiness issues to actually take the time or, you know, whatever, whatever is unique to each person. But yeah, I think that's a really important point is so often it's not actually the the writing or the content filming that's the actual block or problem because the answers are quite simple and the solutions are out there. And it takes a certain level of bravery to just start doing it and it becomes more natural I find as we go you know I think back to when I first started my business and I go back you get Facebook memories and I see my Facebook memories from like (laughs) seven years ago oh my god my Facebook lives and things were terrible I had no idea what I was doing I felt like there was way less resources out there at that Mm -hmm. time but I just kept doing it I kept going with Mm -hmm. it and I feel like that's that's kind of what the path is is to keep learning just keep doing the thing so agree with you. I want to validate what you said because it's absolutely the truth. Sometimes you just have to go and do it, which is something that we didn't mention. And I've had a few clients who were so resistant. And I said, listen, sometimes you just have to go and do it and then do it again and then do it again and again and again and again and again. And I have so many examples where I felt very uncomfortable with doing things. And before this conversation, you were actually speaking about uh, cold plunging and all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's never comfortable the first time. The second is not comfortable either. The third is not comfortable either. Maybe around the 30th time, yeah, it's getting comfortable. But that doesn't mean not to do it. Because a lot of people, and there's so much toxic, again, coaching advice that says, if it's not a full body, yes, then don't do it. 
your body is fucking scared. Like shit scared. If you find a dog on the street that has been abused multiple times, beaten by humans, even if you hold that most delicious steak, it will stay in the corner and it will not move most of the time. Or it will even attack you and bite you, even though you have the, the greatest intentions. And we are not far away from all other uh, mammals. We are the most conscious, or we think we are, because I don't think we are the most conscious. <laughs> yet, we have the potential but I do feel, and that's not to, to minimize people. I think there's many animals who are very conscious. In fact, all are conscious. So it's just another level of consciousness. But we do carry a an animal body. And this machine, again, is programmed. And so when you prime yourself, when you program yourself consciously every single day to go out of your comfort zone, it's not anymore this feels like a fuck no. Although I do agree, there's some things that you just know, you just know it's a no. But it again brings us back to what we started with the question, does this serve my, my greatest good? And sometimes yeah. it's fear and it's okay. Girl, I didn't feel comfortable jumping out of an airplane. It sucked. I jumped out of it and my brain was, and my body was like, what are we doing here, Ayo? Then I jumped with a bungee. Didn't like it again. The body was like, you must be joking. That is horrible. And then I was doing constantly paragliding. The first time my body was again, uh, this is a whole body fuck. No, we don't like it. We don't want to do it. But then I did it 15 times and, and it felt awesome. So the body was getting adjusted. Sometimes we just have to get used to train the body, prime the body, program the body. And the body is, is very intelligent. It will get accustomed to things so fast, just like it's getting accustomed to things that don't serve us, such as procrastination, mm-hmm. not doing the things. Oh, it's, 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 it's too difficult. I'm not going to do it. This is such a good point. It's kind of, to me, it's, it's normalizing within our body what we want to be a normal for us, even if it's not normalized to begin with, such as making content or putting ourselves out there. And there's kind of this difference and it can be subtle, but I feel like you illuminated the difference between a soul. Yes. Mm-hmm. Versus a body. Yes. And sometimes mm-hmm. the body's like, hell no, I don't want to do this. This is uncomfortable. It's not normal yeah. for me. It's unfamiliar. It's scary. It's like, no, but if we actually do have that inner soul yes of like this is where I'm meant to go the path I'm meant to step on we can be scared and do it anyways I think sometimes in this toxic but transforming Mm -hmm. industry we've we've been hearing these stories that if it doesn't feel like you said like a fuck yes it must be a fuck no when that isn't always Mm -hmm. really the truth and I know for me most things along my path have felt Mm -hmm. terrifying and Mm -hmm. I feel like there's this level of bravery courage and grit where we actually have to continuously do things that are scary and uncomfortable. But over time, we get confident doing those things. They're not scary anymore. And those are like the building blocks, like the more confident, embodied steps and things that we're taking, the more quantum leaps we're going to have. But the foundation of all of it is bravery of doing the things we've never done, the things that are scary, the things that are uncomfortable. And I don't know about you, but I haven't met a single successful woman that got there who said, oh, everything was just so easy. <laughs> you know, everything was great. It was so easy. It was just like full body. Yes, the whole way. And it just I like orgasmed my way into 
having this self-sustaining abundant business I'm like no you definitely put in like work and like challenging moments behind the scenes (laughs) and I I think that what we need to also add is when you feel that resistance the first thing you have to do is actually ask why so I teach my clients whatever happens in their life not to be reactive but to always ask why Mm -hmm. why so for example you feel resistance I just before this call I had a conversation with a lady and we were discussing her uh, strategy visibility strategy and I advised her to start sharing her beautiful story in different Facebook groups so that more people can see her story she was like I feel resistance And I didn't start coaching her. I was like, why? Because this. And then I was again, why? I asked her five times why. Just long story short. And we got to the bottom of childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. So always ask why. Whatever it is, even if it's a positive thing. Why? 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 Your subconscious mind will either answer back immediately. And you will feel it. You will hear a voice, the inner voice. or you can hear it the next day, or you can have dreams. By the way, I started reading my dreams. So I dream mm. extremely vividly. However, um, the last two years, I have been diving in psychology. So before that, I will read my dreams through culture, through spiritual messages, blah, blah, blah. But I actually became interested in how psychologists and uh, psychoanalysis and behaviorists, like science, how science through all of these years of research, there's so much research, by the way, on dreams. I didn't know that there's so much. There is um, a big amount of dreams that people share. Like, for example, dreaming that your teeth are falling out. Yeah, yeah. Many people dream that. And I didn't know what it means. And it means that when your teeth are falling out, you're coping with some kind of a loss in your life. And then I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, there will be either a loss of a loved one, loss of an opportunity, loss of client, loss of something that I felt believed an identity or something like I can always find it, can find a loss. And so I started reading my dreams. And when I ask why, when I connect and ask these questions about massive decisions, sometimes I get answers in dreams and it shows me what the truth is, what the truth of the subconscious mind is. And so that's also very powerful. So if somebody's struggling massively, let's just say with this big resistance in something in business, whatever that is, ask why, 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 why? And you might even get an answer, a deeper answer in a dream and good luck reading your weird dream because that's (laughs) another level of, of mastery. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is so important. And I want everyone, like if you're listening to this, if you're taking notes or you're going to come back to this and take notes, circle that with a beautiful sharpie to keep asking yourself why and this is kind of like an allowing exercise I teach where we keep going through this like I allow I'm allowing I'm allowing but I always tell people like when you hit the floorboard and like nothing else is really revealing itself and you can't really think of anything and now you're in your head I always say like this is the best part like keep 
going, even if you're like, I'm allowing nothing, I'm allowing darkness, I'm allowing, I don't know, because like usually under that floorboard, like there's something there, but we have to keep going. And just like the why it's like, don't just take your surface level. Why? Like if you ask yourself one time, maybe that's the the perfect answer, but chances Mm -hmm. are you might need to go that five layers deep. And also for everyone listening to this, I mean, what you're underneath the surface answer for whatever you're moving through might be chances are because there's a lot of coaches and healers listening to this sometimes just the self-awareness is enough to go oh that's what that is and you have you take that shadow out for a coffee and you ask what what do you need to feel safe and you can move past it and sometimes you need therapy or healing or support but a lot of the time we have in my experience, like the tools, like we have tools, but we have to work the tools and not let whatever that deeper thing is stop us and be like, oh, this is connected to my childhood trauma. Okay, well, now I know. So now I have a reason to like not do it. And if anything, it's the opposite. Like now that we know, we can keep working with it. We can keep going with what is under there. So don't be afraid to like ask these questions and go deeper on the why. Like, do you find that with your clients, like once they actually reveal what's mm-hmm. there, it can actually give so much strength. Awareness is key. It's yeah. the first thing. If you're not aware, you can't change anything. Even in psychology, awareness comes first with everything. And again, I, I do want to validate what you said and add to that that sometimes in your journey through life, the answers to the same questions with why could be different Mm -hmm. because as people say new level new devil the thing is uh, something that you address today and receive those answers and that awareness in three years time you're not going to be the same person and so you might have to ask the same question there are elements of our existence that will be forever present it's just what it is. Like, for example, one of them is the primordial wound of not being enough. Mm-hmm. That will always be present because it's a primordial wound. So we come with it. We're born with it. We are conceived with that wound. Uh, it's an existential wound. It's not a physical. It's not, It's not. unfortunately, not only a human wound, but it is also, um, there's a level of um, beyond human experience when you don't feel like that, when you're separated from the the one, when you are separated, when you're in state of separation, what happens? Even if you think of a loved one, when you're separated, when you start feeling abundant, like somebody abandons you, yeah. right? You feel you're not good enough. You feel you're worthy. You feel insecure. And this primordial wound of I'm not enough is always there. And today we can ask the question, why? And the answer could be one. And in three months' time, the answer could be so different. And so for me, it's also the understanding that awareness and self-mastery is an ongoing thing. It will forever, ever be there. And if you learn, and it's again priming and conditioning, if you condition your body and your mind to see this as this play and I actually love it I didn't love it okay I was like shit we went through this we healed through this (laughs) and back again and then there there came a point when 
the self-exploration became a very interesting game. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, well, that's interesting. This level is interesting. And this is another thing that I'm teaching my clients. So to your question that you asked, awareness, but also the okayness that there could be more and there could be more. I teach my clients to never ever think this is complete. Mm -hmm. As Abraham Hicks says, it's never done. It's never complete. You didn't come from the doneness. You came for the doing. You didn't come for the manifested. You came for the manifesting. If you drill this in your brain, in your system, the struggle is over. Acceptance, as you said, I accept, I accept, I allow, I allow, I accept. When that's there, the veil is totally removed. And now you play the game through a totally different consciousness. It's you're no longer the player. You're now the observer of the game. And when you are the observer, the player plays so much better because the observer is constantly suggesting, auto-suggesting, coaching, mentoring. It's so different. And it's constant. It's like sometimes I master it and I'm like, yes. And sometimes I'm like, okay, we can do this better next time. Like sometimes I catch myself still doing it. Yeah. And that's, that's like you said, it's the human experience. And I feel like the observer and the player, it's, it's, it's allowing ourselves to receive that higher self mentorship and guidance from this place of loving neutrality rather than rightness or wrongness. And like you said, it's, it's like having the experience of things. And I feel like there's 200 more things I could ask you, but I also feel within me that this is the perfect closing topic that we've had for people to really sink into this conversation and maybe there'll be future conversations but I feel like this is just as it's meant to be so I will open it up if you have any final thoughts but then we can share with everyone after where where you hang out and where they can find you but is there anything else in your heart that you want to say before we close off this episode what comes to me is again the topic of identity which Mm -hmm is something that with the awareness and the understanding that you can play the game as the observer and yet be the the leading role it comes the it come, the, the understanding that your identity can shift and move and you can amend it and you can be an alchemist and literally feel fluid and jump from one type of identity to another so it's never fixed because I feel like we have to adopt so many different identities in this journey to actually be effective and operate and if you stay stuck in this identity of I am this and that's it rather than this is possible and this is possible and this is also possible and so I would invite the listeners to just relook at their identity from the perspective of everything we said today, from the perspective of what makes me feel good, from the perspective of am I being present with who I really love being and it makes me feel happy and designing consciously and deliberately every single day this identity that really brings in this experience because that's the journey actually the journey is 
creating the identity that's going to create the experience, not the experience that creates the identity, because normally the second one is painful. It's not very pleasant experience when the experience creates the identity, right? We want the identity to step in and say, I'm ready for more wealth, more happiness, more joy, more pleasure, more me. And that's just how it is. Beautiful. This was liquid gold. <laughs> oh, liquid gold is like my favorite thing. Or ver- verbal gold, maybe I should say, but just and so- liquid gold. So good. So tell us where, where do you hang out the most online? We'll put all your links below. So if you're listening, you can scroll down, but just tell us for anyone who's driving or at the gym or whatever right now, where can they look you up afterwards? Best is to find me on Facebook. This is where I'm most connected with my community. So that will be Ayo Gospodinova and you can just click on the link and find me there. But I love connecting with people. I love having chats. I'm in my DMs. I'm in my comments 99% of the time. So it is very personal. It is me and I would love to connect with people. Okay, amazing. So if you loved this episode, make sure, don't forget go and look IO up, click the link in the show notes. And thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here with us today. My pleasure. That was so delicious. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode of the Soul Meat Strategy Podcast. I'd love to hear what came up for you during this episode. Tag me on your stories on Instagram at Soul Meet Strategy and come hang out with me inside of the New Earth Feminine Leadership Community on Facebook. Don't forget to leave me a review as I love and so deeply appreciate hearing your feedback. And from my heart to yours, keep shining bright, sister, and I'll see you on the next episode.